Welcome back to another episode of Season 2, the Pothole Pastors Podcast. So I'm joined here with Adam again. Hey, everybody. How's it going? And I'm Joey, I guess. Do we have to introduce ourselves every week? Well, yeah. I mean, well, I guess I'm, I mean, I guess we could have first-time listeners anytime. So yeah, yeah I'm Joey. Know. I'm Adam. <laughs> so whether we need to do that or not, that that's what we're doing. So um, yeah, we're back for another episode. Um, yep. Last week we had Glenn Packiam on. Great, great conversation. Yeah, if you haven't listened to that episode... Man, I highly encourage you just go back and listen to what Glenn has to say. It's such a great interview. We loved doing that. And hopefully we can get him in the future to come yeah. back, maybe even as soon as this summer. I know he has a um, book about eschatology and worship in the age to come coming out. And I'd love to talk about that. Would that would be great. It'd be yeah. very interesting, too, in light of, man, there's so many. And I was just guilty of becoming... I wouldn't say it was a, a Facebook battle, but like even <laughs> just like exchanging like views about eschatology and end time stuff and how to read revelation and things like that. I was even just like commenting on some things yesterday on Facebook and it just strikes me how much like inconsistent and also widespread opinions there are about how everything's happening in the end times. And it like most of it is fear driven or like, I don't know, like not even I, I don't want to say it's not factual. It's like they, they of course pull things from the Bible, but it's like, there's just like such a wide array of things. Like it's hard to know what to believe. So I would love to have somebody who's, I mean, he's uh, Glenn's done something like his doctorate yeah, with eschatology. Yeah. So I'd love to have somebody who's like just given so much significant amount of their time to study that on the podcast. Yeah, that would be great. You hear a lot of different people. I love how you said it's like, you should be, especially if you're a Christian, it should be like, a joyful thing because you know that your redemption is drawing near, you right. know? And I just see so many Christians, it's almost like they're panic stricken because, oh my gosh, this is the end times. It's like, well, if you're saved. That's, I mean, you're going home, you know? I, right. I don't know. It's That always confused me a little I bit. I prefer the term that home is coming to you. That's true. That is true. Good but point. We won't talk about that this episode. <laughs> we don't need to get into that. But um, yeah, so if you haven't listened to that, go back, listen to Glenn Packiam. Wow. Today, we're going to have a great interview uh, with one of our close friends, uh, Chris Mack. He's been um, in the Muncie area for a while. We've known him for a while. Um, good guy. I might know him a little better than you do personally. Yeah. but yeah. I've met him a couple of times, but he's, he's a good guy. I like him. Yeah, we um, but he great, great interview, great time, um, has a lot of great things to share. So we'll get to that interview later in the episode. Um, but for this time, I can't reach the button with my f- my hand, so I'm going to reach it with my foot. Oh, it's hey. time for uh, <laughs> mid- Midwest moment. We're in a different location today, and the table is lower than our chairs, which is not normal, right. so we kind of have to improvise. But Midwest moments, what do you got for us? Oh, man, so this just happened to me yesterday. Uh, my neighbor, so I have a family that lives next to me. I've actually never talked to them. Like we've waved at each other, like mm. driving by. They seem like a nice family, but you know it's gotten warm outside. And yesterday was the warmest day of the year, I think, so far. And so he decided to mow his yard. And every time he mows his yard, when it's warm outside, he's got these like New Balance sneakers on, long white socks, gym shorts, no shirt on, sunglasses, this like camo rainforest hat. You know, like those droopy hats. Solid glasses and these like headphones like that we have on but they're like to the side like the band is like backwards if that makes sense and he's just mowing his yard (laughs) and i just looked out my window and saw that and just died i thought this is so midwestern like (laughs) yeah uh, i'm 
Yeah, there is like a specific look of people that go outside and mow, <laughs> at least in the middle. And maybe, I mean, it's probably because we live here. I'm sure it, right. people do it everywhere. But yeah, like the yeah cargo shorts or the, tall, or, the or the jean short the jorts right yeah the oh. jorts yeah usually no shirt yeah with a hat and sunglasses a lot of times it's like farmer's tan yep yeah so yeah that, that is oh uh, just the the, ca- the camo rainforest hat just like topped it off like right oh, yeah so funny well that's your midwest yeah <laughs> yeah um i found a pretty cool one. Oh. so this is over in iowa which i believe still classifies um, it says Iowa woman sets up giving tree of face masks on family farm amid pandemic. Um, so this Iowa oh quilter, I thought it said quitter. I'm like, <laughs> how do you be an Iowa quitter? Um, <laughs> Iowa quilter. Deb Siggins discussed on Fox and Friends first on Thursday how the idea of creating a giving tree with handmade uh, face masks for healthcare workers came about. Um, says she began making the mask as a way to help out local hospital during the coronavirus pandemic and wanted to provide a way for people to safely pick them up. Mm. So several states have reported a shortage of personal protective equipment. So, you know, and and honestly, yeah, when Hannah and I looked for masks for a while, we couldn't find any either. And so we, we finally found some, but it was really hard. Um, so essentially what she did was she made all these homemade masks and she would hang them on these trees um, they were kind of like the evergreen, bushy kind of trees. Oh, okay. So like yeah. easy to hang stuff on those branches, like a Christmas tree. Right. And so she would put those all out there, and people could just come and take them as they would need them. Um, I don't see if there's like a, hey, you can only take this many or whatever. It says she's made more than 600 masks. Wow. So um, yeah, so that, that's pretty Impressive. cool, you know, like in a way to be able to watch out for people and to give back and help in a meaningful way without violating social distancing. Right. Even as we do this, we're socially distanced six feet, <laughs> you know, it's, which is easier here. We're doing this at my house. Right. It's easier in the living room to do that. Like in the other room, it was kind of tough, but, right. Right. but yeah, so this is a, yeah, I thought that was a really neat opportunity that is to, cool. you know, to be able to, and it kind of makes me wonder of like, huh, what kind of things could we do out here? Although I don't have trees like that in my yard and, I honestly don't even know how to make a mask. But yeah, I thought that was cool because there's a lot of, you know, obviously in the news right now, there's a lot of panic. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of bad things. There's a lot of, you know, we got to be careful, got to be careful. But it's good to see people like stepping up and making a difference there. Right, right. Yeah, I think it's all about just like being calm. It's weird. I was talking with somebody like I know the threat is very close, you know, because it's here. But like, I don't know anybody personally that has it. And so it's weird because it feels distant even though I know it's not. Right. So it's kind of like keeping your mind in check of like, even though I don't really see it per se, I know it's around. So just being careful in that, right. that sense. Yeah, because the governor here in Indiana just unleashed this, um, unleashed is a <laughs> like released. Uh, <laughs> unleashed sounds really intense. Um, but released a like kind of the rollout plan oh, of yeah. what are we going to do between now and July 4th and then beyond and, Kind of like this slow pullback of like people can start getting together in slightly larger groups. We went from 10 now to 25, or at least technically, I think it starts tomorrow or maybe Tuesday. It starts officially. You can do 25, um, you know, and some businesses opening. And then after like midway through May, we'll kind of, it'll get spiked and more things will open up and stuff. So, man, it's like I'm, I'm of two minds because it's like, I really want to be around people again and I right. enjoy that, but it's like, 
will people all put like I was just thinking if everyone pushes that limit to 25 yeah. and even if older people get into groups right with groups of 25 it's like aren't we still aren't they still at a high risk if the virus like we don't have a vaccine and things like that you know so right but I understand like with the economy too like it's really suffering and um the longer we stay closed obviously the longer it suffers so I see both sides and so it's kind of I, I'm glad I'm not making those decisions to have to be the one that says, I made this decision. This is what we're doing. And right, right. So, yeah. It's tough. It is tough. So, yeah. um, I don't know. I feel like, I know they said, at least for Indiana, they want churches to, it sounded like to me they want them to stay virtual yeah. or, or do like drive-ins type thing. So, right. I think it'd be cool for our church because it is getting nicer outside to do like a drive-in service. Mm-hmm. Everybody would stay in their cars. It'd be kind of fun. It'd be something different at least. Right. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could even still record. Well, that'd be tough. I was going to say you could try to have like, you'd have to make sure everybody has a laptop. I was going to say you could like get together in the parking lot and watch it all (laughs) on your laptops. But I guess that'd be. Instead of amen, you just honk. Mm -mm. Yeah. That'd be pretty funny. But yeah, it's, uh, it's been, it's been different for sure, but. I think I, I was telling you about this. It's been nice to learn how to live at a different pace. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of, you know, we've been kind of getting back into a regular work rhythm here and um, we'll probably begin at least meeting together for staff meetings and stuff, you know, now and, and, and office hours. And I'm like, it's, it's a different pace of life because I was used to just being alone for so long, you know, at right. my house and, working on things. So it's been a different adjustment getting back into the swing of things and stuff. Yeah. It's, it is weird. I'm so used to being at the church by myself that when people come by, it's weird, but I do miss having people around, even just pastor and Diane, just having them around helps. Right. But, uh, and the hours, like I work different hours now, which is weird. So Mm -hmm. just kind of thinking, man, when we do go back to normal, it's like a different lifestyle too, because your days are different and so I don't know. I it's I'm curious to see when we will have service again. I I mean I have a feeling it won't be till June, especially for older congregations. You know, right. like even if we do have service, I feel like most older people aren't going to come, and I, right. that's understandable. Like I get that. Yeah. So. No, I would understand that too. Yeah, and especially with a congregation that's mainly older people, like we right. have, it's right. we're an even higher risk if anybody at all contract. You know, so right. Yeah, I definitely um. Yeah, we're trying to figure out, are, are we going to do our vacation plans that we had planned, you know, in oh, June, yeah. or are we going to postpone them and stuff? So, yeah, it's t- I tell you what, the one thing that I'm missing the most about this time of year is the NBA playoffs. Oh, yeah, that would be this time. Yeah, because yeah. it would have started late April or mid-April, late April. It'd be, it'd be going by now for sure. Right. And I just love like May and June because of some of the best basketball. Yeah. It's some of the best basketball all year. And, and the NBA, I was just talking with a couple of our friends um, the other day about this, that it's like some of the best NBA that's ever been around for a while, not ever, but but for the last several years, it's, it's like some really good matchups with like uh, Los Angeles, like with uh, LA, like the Lakers and the Clippers, you've got, um, you know, you've got um, the East, you know, is kind of up in the air, like the East, you know, between 
uh, oh, I'm, I'm drawing blanks on everyone. The Bucks, obviously, like, you know, right. some people think they were favorites to win the East, which I agree. They're very, very good. But Celtics are really strong. Uh, Victor Oladipo is coming back. So yeah. an, an interesting thing is, so if if they do resume. I hope they do. Which it seems like, I mean, they could. I think the most likely scenario is that they would take the seeding as is and just move into the playoffs. Uh, yeah. But if that's the case, there's chances like people like Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, right. all these people who were injured, even Victor Oladipo gets more time to re- recoup his his leg and stuff. Right. Uh, it it could it could shake things up a little bit to yeah. give people better chances than they would have had they not had this delay. So it's very interesting, an interesting yeah. time. So I'm really hoping, you know, especially watching the Michael Jordan documentary. Yeah, oh, so that good. Been, yeah, it's very, very good. Yeah. Um, that's like an unofficial recommendation. We haven't got there yet, I guess, <laughs> but that's like the unofficial. It's like very, very good. But just it's made me miss the NBA even more. But, but yeah, it's it's interesting because like LeBron and AD looked really good. This is, we, we're probably gonna have to move on quick before this turns into a sports podcast. But <laughs> it's uh yeah it's it's just it's awesome. It is very and just like from a filmmaker's point of view, man, ten episodes mapping that all together. It's, yeah, I'm really glad they were supposed to air that in June, like June and July. I think. Yeah, and they moved it up. Man, that was one of the best moves they could have done because yeah. everybody's at home anyways. Might as well. <laughs> right. So. Um, you want to move into recommendations? Yeah, let's Cause do we, it. Because we actually it's a two part interview. With Chris right. Mack, because we had a we had really good discussion, went kind of long, um, which isn't a bad thing. We were right. ready for that, and so I don't want to take up too much time here so that we can air right right uh, air that interview. But um, my recommendation, I have two. So I've been rereading uh, "The Pursuit of God" by A. W. Tozer. It's just like a Christian classic. Um, right. It's just like one that I think that is just a great, especially if you're kind of looking to get deeper with God kind of take your faith with God. I don't want to say to the next level. I don't like the language like that. But, you know, like kind of do something to help bolster, get yourself into reading, even into a deeper devotion. Um, the Pursuit of God is just really good for that. M. Tozer has some really great things to say. Um, my second recommendation is Star Wars Clone Wars animated series. Like they've been airing new episodes for the last several weeks. And Monday on May the 4th, be with you tomorrow, will be... Um, like the final one uh, of the season. It kind of ends the whole series because several years ago they never finished the series because like Disney bought um, oh, Star Wars and right. it got paused, but there's a lot of story arcs not finished. And so they came back with one last season to finish the series several years later. And it's been uh, the last like three episodes have been phenomenal, maybe even like better than oh, pretty much all of the sequel trilogy and most of the prequel in my opinion like yeah it's just been it's been very good like just like the stories the lightsaber battles like it's it's been amazing wow so those are my recommendations i need to watch that you're not the first person that has mentioned that (laughs) i would recommend finding a guide which they have them online to tell you which ones to watch because there there are a lot of filler so there's ones that like this will get you the main story and get you like Shout outs to like fun, like they have a young uh, General Akbar before he was uh, a general, like a young, like kind of like teenage guy, you know, kind right. of. Um, so like they have fun stuff like that if you want to go deep into Star Wars nerdy kind of things like that. But um, 
yeah, watch that. And then if you want to ever go back and watch the entire series, you can. I'll have to do that. I'm looking for, well, I just finished a TV show. Well, I was watching Parks and Rec, you know, and so I was like, I kind of feel like watching something I haven't seen yet. Yeah, it starts kiddish, you know, but it kind of grows as the series goes. And gotcha, but it's cool. I like it. Nice. My recommendation: I I downloaded Hoopla. Is that how you pronounce it? It's like you get books and Mm -hmm. audiobooks and stuff like that. Audiobooks. Audiobooks. Not audiobooks. You automatically know it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Chris Traeger just flips through a book. Um, but uh, so I started listening actually i'm not like well i I, i've i lost my train of thought i'm not reading it i'm listening to somebody read it to me i like having that switch because like i'll read a book especially now during quarantine at church like i have more downtime and i just get bored reading because i'm not a big reader in the first place so i try to mix it up so i'll read something and then listen but anyways, I started listening to Eugene Peterson's book, uh, Living the Resurrection. Mm-hmm. And I'm not that far in because I just started it not too long ago. But uh, really good. He talks a lot about like in the first chapter of work and how a lot of people, which I think this is very true in today's age, and we've talked about it, a lot of people don't see living out like the resurrection life like in their workplace. They mm-hmm. slug through their work day. And it's just really like interesting. And he's kind of talking about challenging people to take what you learn Sunday into Monday type thing. Mm. But uh, I'm really enjoying it. It's very resonating with, I feel like, our culture today. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when he wrote it, so I don't know how old it is. But uh, yeah, really good book. Yeah. So, And I don't really have a second recommend. We watched the Parks and Rec special. That was really good. That was really good. So I guess that's my TV recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those are recommendations. Go run with them. Read, listen, watch do all those things. You won't regret it. But um, without further ado, we're going to get to our, uh, we're going to get to our interview with Chris Mack. We kind of touch on his uh, background with hip hop and ministry. And then we even start like, and, and this will probably be the second part of the interview, but get into more like racial reconciliation and how uh, we as Christians can live out radical um, obedience to the gospel, especially in the realm of Um, racial reconciliation. So um, thanks again for tuning in and enjoy this interview. Well, hello, listeners. Uh, We're back with another interview. So today uh, we're joined by Chris Mack. Chris, how you doing? Hey, I'm living, man. I'm living. Some days I feel like I'm thriving. There are other days when I don't feel like that. And yet the Lord is still good in the midst of that all. Uh, and so today's one of them days where I'm getting through, man. I'm getting through by the, by the strength of God. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Hey, Chris, for those of you, or for those listeners that w- don't know who you are, who are you? <laughs> Yo, I am Christopher Mac Mac the <laughs> third. Um, and I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. Currently living in Muncie, Indiana right now. Um, I graduated from Ball State, and at one point, I thought I would be heading back home. That is not the case. That was a lie that I told myself. (laughs) But uh, I'm in Muncie, and I really love being here. Um, Currently working at a church called City Hope Fellowship as the uh, Mercy Ministry Director. Um, That's where I find a lot of my hours going through nowadays. Um, Also a hip-hop artist. I've been doing that for... I think 16 years now and um, I love music and I find that nowadays I'm learning more about the, the pieces of music that 
that I didn't know too much about growing up and uh, wanting to embrace more. But um, yeah, I'm also a foodie. One of my hobbies is just cooking and learning about food. So I follow different channels on YouTube on how to make different recipes and, and then I'll try to cook them up myself. Um, I'm a uh, engaged man, and my fiance loves the fact that I like cooking. <laughs> that that works in her benefit. Um, so, yeah, we're in a good place. We're uh, supposed to be getting married July 11, and um, you know, with everything going on, we'll see yeah. what that looks yeah. like. It's it's gonna happen. It's still gonna happen. Um, we just need to figure out what it's gonna look like. Yeah, so, right. yeah. man. I've been thinking about that a lot recently of those people who are going to be married in, you know, March, April, May, June, July, even maybe August. And I'm yeah. just like, man, I'm really glad I don't have to deal with that. <laughs> that I, you well, know, please. Re- rejoice in that, man. And it's okay if you rejoice in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is so okay, though. Hold that dear. Praise God. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chris, you, you mentioned that you have been a hip hop artist for uh, 16 years. That's actually how I first met you. Uh, I was yeah. playing in a band at the time and we um, like played the same show. Like, I don't think either one of yep. us were headliners. We were just there. And um, <laughs> I think we were just playing the same show. That's how we first interacted, got to know you. Um, why don't you tell yeah. us a little bit about like, how'd you get started at such a young age with hip hop? Like, what like what sent you down that road like how how was your pursuit of hip-hop maybe different than um someone else Cause i know you're a deeply christian man you know deeply devoted to jesus and i know that's shaped you a lot within your music and so maybe kind of explain where where did all that come from where did it start and uh yeah like where had god been taking you how he been using your music up until those last few years yeah i my, my my passion for music developed because it was a culture that I grew up in where our household just always listened to music. Um, and so I can, like, my earliest memories are by a speaker of some sort. <laughs> like, my dad, he had, he had a system in his car. He had these pieces these kickers in his car with an amp and he would play that hip hop loud, like so loud. I'm, I'm talking, I'm in a, in a, uh, a car seat in the back. Uh, and at the time I was, we was listening to Master P, so I'm not the proudest of that. <laughs> uh, I don't know if y'all know who Master P is. Oh, you, yeah. check him out. Uh, you gotta listen to Carson, but he's, uh, he's doing some great things for his community now though. But at the time, man, it was like, it's the type of music a kid should not have been listening to. Um, but like between the car that, that, that my dad was driving, the speakers that he had in his house, like there was always music going on. And I mean, that was even how life was in church. Um, music was something that, that the black church really loved to embrace. It is a, an expression of, of, um, being able to rejoice, it is an expression of even anguish, you know what I'm saying? Like songs and spiritual hymns and, and gospel centered music. So like all, all that to say, like I know people grow up having music a part of their life in some way 
but in every corner and every crevice, there was music in my life. Um, now to go into my narrative of like how I started making music, um, a lot of that was because of my dad. So around the second grade, he and my uh, my my step grandfather at the time built a studio in the garage, and he started recording. He started learning how to produce and make beats. And um, eventually, he started making his own CD. So my dad was doing a little bit of everything. And um, I just watched him make and create and see his love for it. At the time, it wasn't for Jesus. Um, but around the fifth grade was when my dad really started actively pursuing his faith. Um, and I knew that was the case because the 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 subject matter and his music started to shift. Um, and so I can pinpoint like, oh, fifth grade, age 11 was when I started seeing that like transformation take place in my dad. And he had always believed in Jesus. But, you know, it's one thing to, to know what the gospel is and it's another thing to recognize that this gospel means I get Jesus in the end of that. So what does it look like for me to, to walk with him? What does it look like for my life to belong to him? Um so for my dad, that started, um, like a big form of that expression was through music. And so um, I think, yeah, fifth grade was when I started to say, man, I'm going to try my hand at this. And so, you know, my dad's gospel rapping. Next thing you know, I'm gospel rapping. Um, and my cousin it was actually doing it before I was at the time. So it just became this this thing that, our family did like Saturday mornings and afternoons, at least once or twice a month was at uh, an event, like a block party for a church or like a church event going on. Or, um, you know, the summer was like the best time that was prime for us during that time because of different uh, celebrations and expos going on just in the Indianapolis community. So it was normal. It, it, it became a norm to have uh, some kind of hip hop event going on and me and the whole family being a part of that event. So, you know, I, I was, at the time I was in a, a family of six. My dad made music. My cousin and I, he was living with us at the time. Uh, we made music. My little brother dabbled in with it a little bit too. And, and then he stopped. My sister was also making music. So so essentially five out of six members of the family are making some music to, to share with people. So it just really became normal. Like when I say music was in every crevice and every corner, like it really was. And it was all because my dad shared his resources with us and, and all that he had. So I just started to see that like, hey, this is something that, that, I'm starting to love more and more um, as I got older, uh, especially through high school and coming into college. Um, started to see, hey, like music is a way that I love to express my faith. Um, I'm also interested in knowing about the ins and outs of what it means to pursue this as a business. So like how does faith influence the way that I do business? Um, and it wasn't until my later college years where I really started exploring that too. And so, started seeing more opportunity um, 
to create and to share and just allow me to really express myself. And I think that's um, what's really cool about about music is you often find that some of the most soft-spoken people uh, create. And so I'm one of those guys where I, I listen more than I talk un- until necessary. Um, and music was a way for me to channel my inner voice thoughts and ideas that I had. Um, it was just easier and it felt uh, much more natural to express that on the track than to even speak to anybody about it. Um, so it's just crazy how that works, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You got something, Adam? Yeah. Um, so obviously you're doing ministry right now. So what kind of led you from the switch of doing hip hop music to, I mean, obviously you, in your music, you talk about your faith, but making that switch to, I fo- solely want to focus more on like ministry. Like, kind of, what led you to that moment? Like vocational ministry. Yeah. Okay. Voca- thank you. Yeah. 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 Vocational ministry. Yeah. That's real. That's real. Um, I feel like most of my, and this is for, for the listeners who, who aren't aware, but yeah, I'm in a season where that, that transition is um, in effect. Um, I wouldn't say it's a complete transition, but it's in effect. And it's just weird. But throughout college, a lot of what I decided in my head that I wanted to do would would start to change. Uh, For example, you know, I um, worked with the ministry called uh, Crew and the Impact Movement on Ball State campus. as a student leader, when I graduated my senior year, I was planning on moving to Indy to focus more on music, but eventually God gave me reason to stick around and to continue to work with the movement. So I interned for a year, uh, working to build up the impact movement. Mm-hmm. Then after that, started working at the Boys and Girls Club in Muncie. That gave me an opportunity to get to know my community better and how I could simply be a part of it. Not necessarily not necessarily to see myself as, hey, I can be the solution for these things. But no, this is a community that I want to be a part of that has great value, but there's pain in this community. Um, and there are and particularly talking about, you know, my time at Boys and Girls Club, I got to get to know um, the South Side of Muncie a little bit better. Um and then, I, so during that, during that time, I um, got a chance to, there's this guy by the name of Josh Hollowell. Um, he used to work with crew and he started um, doing some work with his church at New Life, um, eventually leading to a church plant, um, which is the church that he's pastoring now, City Hope Fellowship. And that's the church that um, at the time when he was planting, he got a chance to speak to the impact movement to let them uh, know that, hey, here's a church where uh, we want to be about the gospel and we want that gospel message uh, to transcend, to, to clearly transcend this um um, I think we're used to keeping the gospel as this like pocket thing of here's what Christ has done. You can be saved. You can be forgiven, which is important to know and to recognize. 
But what does that mean for the way that we live our lives in every aspect, you know? And one of those things is through racial reconciliation. What does gospel and what does Jesus have to say about what it means for people of different cultures to be reconciled with one another? And particularly, even being willing to be a church that's willing to to, to press those buttons that, that that people don't like to press. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and one of those things is like when you hear the word white supremacy, that's that's the, the word that makes a lot of white people cringe, you know? Like, man, that's not me. Well, hey, how about we talk about and break down what that word actually means? And, and I'm not going to get into all of that uh, unless y'all want me to. But <laughs> <laughs> it, what I'm saying is the things that... Um, a Western Christian culture likes to um, push down or suppress or avoid the things that we got to understand. Like in order for us to be reconciled with one another, we have to be willing to talk about these things. Yeah. So that being said, I'm like, yo, I want to, I want to be involved in helping out with this church yeah, <laughs> um, because this affects me directly. Um, but not only that, but working with the impact movement, um, that was an organization that embraces like what it means to be a believer first and what that means for ethnicity. Like how, how do we use the gospel to affirm uh, black culture and, and people of color? Um, so all that being said, I, I started helping out with, with the, um, with city hope and eventually that led into, uh, interning with City Hope, and eventually that led into uh, part-time staff with City Hope. And just over time, you know, working my way up to where I am now, I just saw God uh, put me in a position where, like, I love doing mercy ministry, and that's like helping people who deal with uh, poverty and what that means for them, not just for tangible needs, but relational, emotional needs, um, poverty is a mindset. And so stepping into that, I saw that City Hope provided, City Hope provided more opportunities for me to do that, um, mainly because it just created space for me to do that. It wasn't Josh or the church saying, hey, here are the steps you need to do for Mercy Ministry. It was really Josh saying, hey, this is where your heart is. I want you to take that. I want you to, to roll with it, to to help define what that looks like more in City Hope. And I want you to run with it. Like, so really it came in with a blank slate. And um, over time, man, it's, it's God just opened more doors for me to interact with people, dealing with those needs. Um, I just found that I wanted to dedicate more time towards it. And so this is when music um, became less of a, you know, full-time occupation where, you know, reaching out to people who are willing to support me in a musical endeavor. I'm working with my boy LJ. If y'all don't know LJ, um, yeah. he makes some great hip-hop music. Currently my roommate. Check him out. Um, he's full throttle with it. And we've got a chance to, like, tour, put on our house shows, like, house shows in the, in the Midwest region. They have been fun and they've been incredible. And God has used those as opportunities to spread faith, hope, and love to hip hop. Um, but man, more and more, I just found myself wanting to get back to connecting with my community. And um, hip hop has allowed for some of that. 
but City Hope has been an opportunity for me to see like, hey, God is like opening a door for uh, more opportunity to do the thing I love, but also the thing that's challenging. Like when I speak about doing mercy ministry, I don't want to make it sound like I do it perfectly and because it's fun, it's going to be easy. Shoot, I got, <laughs> I mean, I just got off the phone with somebody where I'm like, this is hard and I don't know how to handle this. Mm. And they stressing me out. <laughs> so it's an area where I'm saying, yeah. I need God to help humble me too. And I think that's where uh, we need to be willing to um, see God calling us to something. Not just something we're passionate about, but something that's going to require him to do the things that we can't. And often that's me having the patience to to understand and hear people's stories and what they're going through and to think through how to help um, to be as innocent as doves, but be as wise as servants and yeah. thinking strategically how to help. Um, yeah. So this is one of those areas that I'm passionate about, but I'm often tested. Um, and I just want to create more space for it where I find my heart going through. Um, so I think what has been weird is saying, I've been making music for about 16 years, but now I, I'm wanting to put that more on the shelf. Mm. Not saying I'm going to stop making music. Like, you yeah, know, you I worked will. on some music today. That, yeah, yeah, that don't stop. You know this as well as I do. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I'm not sure. Like, I, I would assume you still work on music here and there. Yeah, here and I there. I could be wrong. I'm a creative it, person, you know, so like I'm I'm writing, yeah. I'm doing the podcast, I'm, you know, yeah. I'll mess around with music. I still play worship music. Yeah, so that's always, yep. it's in you, you know, it's not going to go away. Yeah, I, and that's what's been helpful for me. Like as I process more and more, it's, the Lord has made me a creative person, not just rapper. You know what I mean? Not yeah, just the thing I'm used to being defined as, but here's just the love I have. And yet God has made me a uh, complex person that over time you start to, when you get older, your personality starts to change and your passions start to change. Your calling starts to change. So there's just things that, that start to change over time that I've learned to embrace Um and I think that's why it's been it's been challenging to say, whoa, like I'm used to being musician because I've done this for X amount of years. I love it and I'm gonna keep doing it, but it's not gonna look like the way that I envisioned it it would be. But that's okay. That is a okay. And it's where I'm at. Might not be where LJ is at. Might not be where um, you know, you got another artist who we've been working with, Alvin, our architect, might not be where he's at, but it's where I'm at, and that's okay. Chris, do you feel like um, do you feel like your time pursuing hip hop and 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 music and and everything? Do you think that really prepared you for what you're walking through right now? Because I've always been a firm believer that you know we don't go through seasons of our life just because God didn't know what else to do with us. You know, I, I really, believe, right. You know, it's like, because that's the alternative, you know, either God knows what he's doing or he yep. does or he doesn't, you know? And yep. so it's like, how do you feel like, so maybe it's not even an if, but like, how do you feel like God has used your time pursuing hip hop and music all from 
a very young age through college to now, how do you feel like God used that to shape you into the minister and to help you pursue ministry in the way that you are now? That's a really good question, man. Um, I think he's, I think at the heart of hip hop music is community. Um, I've seen that by, you know, again, talking about uh, growing up and rapping at different events and as, as a young man. So, like, it's at those events where I remember, like, certain artists being there and building relationship with them. So, like, I could go to one hip-hop event and then weeks later go to another and probably expect that artist to be there again mm. because we understand that this gospel brings community. It fosters that. And that's just one thing that I really love. Um, and that's one thing I've learned to, to love and grow in being in Muncie, how to foster community well. Um, and still learning because communities are different. Mm-hmm. Um, communities don't all look the same from region to region. Um, but embracing the community, whether that's, you know, us as believers or, or bringing people who don't believe in Jesus into that community, introducing that to them, giving them the opportunity to see what it's about. Yeah. Or even entering spaces that don't embrace that community. Like, yeah. it's also important that we're not in our Christian bubbles to interact with people who don't believe. Um, so I feel like because hip-hop is community, because that's why hip-hop was even created, um, to help build community and to help people during hard times, um, yeah. yeah, it just makes me embrace and love that all the more. Yeah. Um, and even then, I, I think that um, a lot of people, because they... When I say a lot of people, I'm not making it sound like <laughs> Chris Mack ain't like all 50 states, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but a lot of people in, in Muncie do know me as hip-hop artist, but they sure. know yeah. that I'm a man of faith, too. So, like, mm-hmm. those things go hand in hand. Um, the way that I make my music is reflected by my faith. Um, and so... There are people that are aware of that in this community. And so for that reason, they'll, they'll reach out to me for it. So I definitely feel like it's, it's, uh, it's helped me and it's taught me things in the season that I'm in currently. Um, I also think it's just helped me build uh, good character and work ethic. Because mm. there have been some seasons where working on music has been hard. And, you know, yeah. I mean, I used to work in a donut shop for a year and I did that so it would help me yeah. be a full-time artist. That was so hard because <laughs> I was like, man, is this why I got a degree? Like, is this what? And I feel like... If, yeah, that is the Lord's if I, work. If you're giving donuts out <laughs> to people, that is the Lord's <laughs> work. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Dog, donuts are such a pleasure. Mm. And... um I mean, if I was if I was passionate about cooking then, like I am now, I probably would embrace that more. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it, like times like that where he taught me to be faithful, it all works together. You yeah. know what I mean? It might not be me pumping out music uh, at City Hope, but 
I mean, eventually that might happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've been, I've been, I've been learning how to, uh, I've been watching videos on how to play piano. I, that's, that's something yeah. I'd like to yeah. just learn how to do, you know? Yeah. Um, so maybe I reach out to you. <laughs> yeah.